Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. And finally, after a week hiatus, after no Yield Mastermind Talks podcast for a whole week, I know you listeners are dying for this show, and we are back. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast, and yes, for those of you who are subscribed, who call this show their show, who consider this a home base, who consider this their podcast, you are asking yourself, where in the hell have these guys been for the last week, leaving us high and dry? We got nothing to listen to, no interviews to hear about, no information, no stupid conversations to hear about between you hosts. What have we? What are we going to do? We, we didn't hear about anything for a whole week, guys. We're sorry about that. We are going through somewhat of a transition within the Yield Mastermind group. We're changing up the show just a wee bit, nothing too crazy, nothing too major. The show is still going to be the same, but we're in this kind of transitional phase. You know, we are, this is I think episode 95 or 96 now, which is absolutely crazy to think about that we've put out that many shows and, and things are changing rapidly. We're growing rapidly. The show is continuing to pick up steam. Thanks to you listeners sharing the show with those that you that you, those uh, for, uh, to those that you think would really grow and benefit from the show, and we thank you for that. And for those of you who haven't yet shared the show with somebody else, get on it because this is information you should not be keeping to yourselves, and that's for damn sure. Now, uh, it has been a week, and of course, on Mondays we come at you with never before heard exclusive interviews and conversations with people who are achieving at the highest of levels, and. There couldn't be a better guest to share with you guys on the the coming out party, the coming back to life party after a week of not being uh, on the air, uh, you know, per se. There couldn't be a better guest to share with you guys, and that is uh, Mr. J.R. Revis. And J.R. has a an awesome story. He's a motivational guy, and he has his own podcast. That's actually how him and I were connected. He's the host of the, or, or sorry, I was going to say the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. I am getting way too <laughs> into our own show. I can't even. I can't even keep things straight. That's what happens, guys, when you take a week off of something that you enjoy doing. You get all frazzled. You don't know what to do. I'm. I'm just. I'm in another land right now, but I'm getting back into it. No. So JR, the host of the Rags to Niches podcast. So go check them out because for those of you who enjoyed this show, for those of you who are in the age group that this show relates to, now we can relate to anybody. The content we put out is beneficial for all to hear, but we aim at the millennial age group. The millennial group of people is who this show is aimed at and who this show is produced and put on four. And definitely JR's show is right up that alley as well. JR's a young dude. He's in his early 20s, as am I, as are most of our listeners. And this content he puts out is at the highest of levels, right up there with our show as well. So for those of you that enjoy this show, which you obviously do or you wouldn't be listening, or for those of you that are JR's friends or JR's audience that are just now tuning in to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast, we are doing things 
virtually the same way that JR is. I'd, I, you know, we're really companion podcasts, and I, and I wouldn't say that lightly. That's not something I would just throw out there, but he is producing and putting on a show that's at the highest level, and he's got an incredible story, and you guys are going to hear that story today, so let me just stop blabbering my mouth and get on with it. So without further ado, J.R. Rivas, enjoy. You are listening to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. Enjoy the show. Today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Fuel 101, the six steps to take you from where you are to where you want to go. This is one of those books that basically takes all the things that are being shared on the podcast, puts them into a practical, applicable form, applicable kind of framework that's going to allow you to pursue your passions, dreams, goals, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish in your life at this point in time. It's going to take that, put it into a framework, and help you get there. And just for tuning into the show, go to the Rocket Fuel 101 in numbersbook.com, the Rocket Fuel 101book.com. Put the book in the cart, type in promo code PODCAST. Once you get to the checkout, you are going to receive 25% off any and all purchases from that site just for tuning into the podcast. Again, go to therocketfuel101book.com, buy the book, enter promo code PODCAST. You're going to receive 25% off any and all purchases. This is one of those books that's literally going to transform your thinking. You can see a bunch of testimonials on the site. There's some informational videos and a bunch of goodies there. Check that stuff out. See for yourself what the hype is all about. You want to get yourself a copy. Don't be late to this party. Again, promo code podcast is going to get you 25% off any and all purchases. And I'm just going to say now, enjoy the book because we know you will. All right. Hello, Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. This is your host, Philip Randazzo. And today we have another exclusive interview coming to you guys. And this is with a friend of mine. I'm super excited to bring you guys this conversation today. And that is with uh, my man, JR. JR, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm so. Just to give you listeners a little bit of a context of of the story here, so I was on JR's podcast, which we're going to definitely get into today. His podcast is called the Rags to Niches Podcast, and so after being on his show and hearing some of the things that he's working on and some of the stuff that he's done already, I was super intrigued. I knew that he'd be a perfect guest for our show, and so here we are. So with that, JR, if you wouldn't mind just shedding some light on your story, you know, what happened to you and what happened throughout your life to kind of bring you to the point where you're at today? All right. So I was born into a particularly underprivileged situation. I would say a single mother. We lived in poverty. I remember when I was in, I bounced around all over the country, lived in Vegas, lived in Florida, New York, New Jersey, all these different places. One point we were living in Tampa, Florida, crammed into a three uh, a one bedroom studio. Uh, me and my mom and my sister. We stayed there for over a year. Um, so at a very young age, I kind of I kind of just got used to that. But it wasn't until I was about thirteen, maybe fourteen years old. Uh, my sister had already moved out at the point. It was just me and my mom, and one of our pipes broke, and we did not have the money to fix it. So we did not have running water in our house for six months. So 
this turned out to be one of the best things that ever happened to me because I didn't know it at the time, but this ignited a fire under me. And I decided like never again, this is never going to happen to me again. So I started researching into entrepreneurship and finding out how people were making money out there. And it was what was really exciting was that a lot of people came from a similar background. So I was like, that's, that was great news to me that your past doesn't equal your future because I figured I could turn this around. And I'm like, hey, if all these people can do it, why can't I? So I started reading all these books and I was never really a big book person. I was, at this point, I was probably 16 or 17. And I started reading The 4-Hour Workweek, Think and Grow Rich. Uh, I started like fiending out on Tony Robbins videos <laughs> on YouTube. It was literally all I did. And everybody would just make like a ton of fun of me. But I, because I would, I would read these books at like the lunch table, the senior lunch table. So I knew that one day that, you know, this was all going to pay off because it was the, the proof was in the pudding. It was in the text. If you do this, this and this, you're going to get this. So at 18 years old, uh, I, I just graduated high school. This was 2012. I'm 21 right now, by the way. Uh, I just graduated high school and I was having a conversation with my father and we, I didn't meet him until I was about eight years old, but we ended up developing a good, uh, a good relationship. So at this point he's like, you know, you should look into the tax industry because there's a, it's always right around the corner when there's a recession uh, throughout the recession. You know, you can always count on taxes and it's a, it's a pretty recession resistant industry. And the startup, I was in my mind, I'm like, well, all I really need is a space and some computers and I could get this thing off the ground. So I'm like, I, I could save up some money, learn how to do these taxes and just open up a little shop. The town that I, that I uh, came from, which was Allentown, Pennsylvania, had literally one on every corner. But um, I was young. I'm cocky. I was like, I, I could compete with these guys. I could do things way better than them. So I take I sign up for this course at H&R Block. And um, they canceled it because I was the only person signed up. It was a $300 tax course, a 10-week course. So I'm like, damn, uh, what, do, what do I do now? So I was talking to a friend at the time. And she's like, hey, why don't you go take this tax course at Liberty Tax down the road um, on the east side of town? I saw a sign for a free tax course. And I was like, perfect. So I went in and I signed up for the course. And I, so I'm 18 years old. This was about September of 2012. I had graduated in June. I started talking to the owner. And he had three locations. And I'm like, hey, how do you? How did you get here? What did you do to get here? Uh, how much is the investment? How much money can you make? I started asking him all these questions. And me coming from a background where I didn't have access to successful people, whenever I came in contact with one, I was like, I don't care if I annoy this person because <laughs> I'm probably I'm probably never going to see them again in most cases. I'm just going to pick their brain and get as much information as I can. So he gets eventually gets tired of answering my questions. He's like, "Hey, why don't you just go online and sign up for uh sign up for some more information? I'm sure they'd be happy to send you a brochure or something." So I did that. Uh, next day, a sales rep calls me and he's talking to me and getting me excited. And I'm like, "Dude, you know I'm only 18, right?" <laughs> uh, he says, uh, "Ask me how old I am." I said, "How old are you?" He said, "I'm 58. Last year I was 57 and the oldest man to try out for the Olympics." True story. Uh, you can Google him. His name is John Taylor. Just Google John Taylor Liberty Tax or John Taylor Olympics or whatever. 
Uh, so he he actually ended up placing like third in the world too, like a, a couple years after that. So at, at like sixty years old, it's crazy. He's he's wrestling these like twenty two year olds and stuff. So uh, so he's like, don't tell me anything about age because they could say you're too old to start a business or too young. And he's like, I worked on nuclear submarines. I had guys your age uh, working with nuclear weapons. So we could have blown up the country. So I, I, age is nothing to me. So, um, I, he's like, Hey, I'd like you to come down to Virginia beach and, and meet with the CEO. And maybe we can, we can try to get you some funding or financing because if we think you're the right person for this, we're going to make it happen. And he just saw my drive and determination. And he gave me a bunch of optical obstacles to make sure I was serious about this. Mm-hmm. He, he gave me like books to read and just all this crazy stuff. So uh, I, I drive my 1989 uh, Chevy Celebrity down to Virginia Beach. Uh, I had money saved up just from going through high school. And uh, I got a hotel room. I went out and met the CEO. And he was just so impressed by how prepared I was. I knew everything about the company. I knew everything about him. I knew uh, what, what their stock price was when they went public. I knew what percentage of the market they and all the competitors owned. So uh, I, I end up coming back to the guy that I was working for, and I'm telling him what's happening. He's like, hey, why don't you think about buying one of my stores, and we'll, we'll take it from there. Uh, we'll see what, what we can do for you because I'm, he wanted to move about three hours away because that's where his family was living. And he, he was also a CPA, and he was getting ready to sell his CPA practice in the same area. So he was transitioning out of the area. So I said, that sounds great, but just, just by the way, I'm broke. So <laughs> – so we came up with a deal where if I could get fifteen grand up front, he would finance me the rest of the, the purchase price, which was like $80,000. So I'm going to all these banks. I have this immaculate business plan, and all the banks are like, wow, you're the most prepared person I've ever seen in my life uh, <laughs> with, with this business plan, but we still need collateral. And I mean, I grew up poor. Uh, we we owned our home, but we had like no equity in it after owning it for like 10 years. And um, so they wanted collateral. I didn't have it. So I went back to the guy and I said, hey, I'm having a tough time coming up with this money. But if you'll just believe me and take a chance on me, um, I can give you what I have now, which was like five grand or something. And there was a, a transfer fee for transferring the business from him to me. So he wanted me to pay that. And I said, I'll give you 25 grand in six months. Mind you, I didn't, it wasn't a really a profitable <laughs> business. So I had to grow the business at this point yeah. uh, in a, sh- a relatively short amount of time. So he went for it. And because worst case scenario, he would just take the, the business back yeah. uh, after those six months. So he went for it. It was, is I had read that book, uh, The Art of the Deal. And that kind of helped me structure this deal and, and get what I want. So I went for He went for it. And I was able to pay him no problem. I grew the business 60% in the first uh, – it was a tax business, so it's seasonal. I grew it from January to April. I grew it 60%. Wow. I was able to pay him uh, two months early, no problem. Wrote him – the biggest check I ever wrote, $25,000 at age 19. Um, and then from there, I ended up expanding and, and owning all three offices, including the one that I first met the guy and learned how to do taxes in. I bought them the next year, grew those 17%, sold those. Then I, I uh, moved down to Virginia Beach, bought another office down there, which we just finished this tax season. I think we were up around 20% in that office, and that's a 17-year office. So wow. um, at this point – I, I I was like, taxes is cool, but I, I started thinking about fulfillment. And I, I said, I want to do something meaningful 
uh, taxes aren't really going to change anybody's life. You only touch their lives once a year. So I want to do, I kind of got to the point where I was like, really, is this the best I could do taxes? Um, This is even if I own 50 or 60 locations one day, this is not exciting. So, and I really, I I like the marketing and I like the the business aspect of it, but I hated taxes. I always, I would try to find any excuse to not have to do a tax return. And granted, I don't do many of them, but every now and then I do have to uh, get my hands dirty per se. Yeah. So, um, that led me to starting this podcast and I started this podcast within, uh, I got, I got the idea on like a Wednesday and by that Saturday I already had a logo. I had all my equipment. I had, uh, my website was getting started. So, uh, we launched the show on April 4th, 2016, and within a month now we're on New and Noteworthy. We're ranked 22nd in the category above the Tony Robbins podcast, above uh, all, all these other big names. So that's kind of where we are today. Now I'm working on doing some uh, online courses on how to start a podcast in less than 30 days for $500 and some coaching for other people who are trying to start podcasts. Man, what what an incredible story. And I mean, from... Uh, being a high school student to owning tax franchises to structuring a deal and writing a business plan and all this stuff by the age of just 21 that you are. That's absolutely incredible. And I'm curious to know, so, you know, you said you, you grew up in kind of a poverty situation and you didn't have much success around you to kind of bank on. So when you got a hold of these books, like uh, the Four Hour Work Week and Think and Grow Rich. Was there someone that gave these books to you, or did you go to a bookstore? Or did you seek out a blog or a video? How did you find this stuff? So I started uh, seeking out successful people, and I would I downloaded the uh, Century Twenty One app on my phone, and I just started looking at the nicest houses in my area, and just really like actually pretending like if I was going to buy these houses, like that's how much detail I would uh, look into it. So I would look at things like what's the mortgage payment going to be, things like that. And these things just started to inspire me because I just naturally wanted more. And uh, once my dad came into my life, we he started talking to, to me a little bit about success. Um, he's had some success in his life. And I just got curious. So I started trying to surround myself with these people. And this is the kind of stuff that they were talking about and that they were doing. And uh, I had I had a friend who – I had actually a teacher – who he joined like a network marketing company and it was it was like a financial services company um he quit teaching for this so uh i started talking to him and he started introducing me to people and i just liked the aspect of of that that you could have more in life and um I just started doing research and I, I bought these books online on Amazon. I would go to like these used book sales whenever like these big like uh, it was around the time where Borders was going out of business. So they would have these huge book sales and stuff. So I'd get everything super cheap. And then just researching Forbes. I was literally on Forbes every single day. That's actually where I first heard about Liberty Tax. They were on the top top 20 franchises for the buck um, right next to McDonald's. So they stuck oh. out in my mind. So just, just I guess just having the vision of what I wanted and knowing that these books and these lessons were part of it. Yeah, and it, man, the vision is so key. Uh, you know, you you know my story since I shared it on your your show and you know, I like what you hit on when you were giving your explanation of kind of how you got to this point. You know, you said there was a point where you and your family didn't have running water for 6 months. And similar to my situation, you know, I came into some hard times and like you it's a situation that we wouldn't wish upon anybody else, but yet 
having gone through it the way we did, it really shaped us and, and made us who we are today. And I think, you know, not everyone has the opportunity to go through or not, not even the opportunity, but not everyone um, has gone through something like that in their life just yet. Maybe, maybe they won't for a while. Maybe they have, but what, in, what would you say to someone who maybe hasn't gone through something like that? They haven't, you know, gone through poverty Maybe they're a student, um, you know, maybe they're fresh out of college, maybe they're even fresh out of high school. What would you tell that person to study most or or what would you tell them in terms of going after their visions? Well, first, I would say that you have to humble yourself and just be around people who maybe are, are in that position. So maybe volunteer at a soup kitchen and get the desire to want to help other people. And that'll come through, like I said, volunteering and and helping other people. The more you do it, the more you're going to like it. And um, imagine yourself helping them. And not everybody has to go through like a a traumatic situation to get motivated and get drive. You just have to find, uh, as cliche as it sounds, find your passion and find something that makes you want to get up and work for it and go for it and then just do it. Yeah. And you have to take action. You know, it's the the Nike slogan, just do it. It's so simple yet makes so much sense because as you know, you have to get off your ass and make something happen. You have to go approach the guy who has these Liberty Tax franchises. You have to, you know, take that money out and drive to Virginia Beach, get the hotel room and, and meet with the CEO and be prepared. I think from what I've been hearing, it's a common theme in your life. I mean, you are a student of this stuff. You spend massive amounts of time, it sounds like, researching and learning and reading. And I think that's something that I've done in my life as well. Just making sure that, you know, I'm equipped with what I need to be equipped with in order to succeed. I think some people think, you know, okay, my passion is, for instance, podcasting. So I'm just going to get on the computer and see what happens. I mean, there's people who think that just because they think they've found their their passions, it's just going to all of a sudden fall into their lap. But as you and I know, it takes much more than that. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. Um, And so let's just go ahead and hop right into your podcast. First of all, I love what you're doing. I love the stories that you're sharing. Uh, The guests that you have on your show are super high-level, high-quality um, you know, I've been listening to your show. It's awesome. Now, obviously, wanting to get into podcasting, you had to have been listening to some sort of podcast in order to be uh, inspired in this field. So were there podcasts you were listening to or who was the person that kind of inspired you to say, OK, I'm just going to go ahead and do this? Um, so I started listening to podcasts. I think it was on one of my trips to Virginia Beach to try to, you know, make this whole thing happen. And it was like the Rich Dad, Poor Dad podcast. Mm. And I had it was around the time Apple put the the app on everybody's phone, uh, so I was just poking through it and I was like, let me see if there's any business podcasts in here. So I found one and I was like, this is pretty cool. And I started finding other ones. And then Tim Ferriss came out with a podcast. Uh, John Lee Dumas was a, was a, a really big one for me. Um, not as not as far as his content, I really don't listen to it that much. But just what he's doing and how he's grown his base and all that stuff. Uh, the Joe Rogan podcast is one that I listen to a lot. Uh, I don't think I've ever made it through a whole episode because they're like three it's hours so long. long. <laughs> but that's one of the things that I just I just looked at these people and I and I noticed that you know I any every podcast in the world would say don't do a three hour podcast, but Joe Rogan has like the number three podcast out there. And his his shortest episode is like two and a half hours yep. or something like that. It's crazy. So it goes to show there really is no rules. 
But back to your original question, um, I just started listening to these guys, uh, just the really big ones out there in the business section. And I noticed that I always wanted to know the story of how the person got to where they are, which a lot of the, a lot of them, they briefly touch on it. But I've always wanted to know, OK, like if somebody's on your show and they're like, oh, OK, I became a I was a, a high level hedge fund manager or something like that. I've always wanted to know, OK, well, how did you learn hedge funds? How did you jump into that into that space? And then how, how can you pave the way for the average person to learn that? And once you decode that and reverse engineer that that system, then you show other people and you open up the door for other people to learn how to do that as well. So my show is all about finding people from every kind of different backgrounds because I, I want them to relate to every background out there so that every single listener out there has somebody, a story to emulate. And then just walk us through how they did it so that the listeners know how they can get started and how they can uh, make a change in their lives. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's similar to what we're doing here at the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. It's, I love hearing these stories because, you know, that, first of all, there, it really does make sense in helping you accomplish what they're accomplishing. You can reverse engineer it, like you said, uh, and then really figure out how they did it and do it yourself if you emulate it, if you emulate it the same way they did. But also, um, you know, I'm like, I'm a no excuses guy. And so that totally knocks out the excuse of, oh, you know, I'm not like so-and-so, I can't do this. I mean, you are sharing stories from so many different backgrounds, so many different types of people doing so many different types of things. There are no excuses. You can do whatever you, you know, whatever your quote-unquote passion is if you go ahead and put the work behind it um, and essentially learn from some of these people. It really does shorten the process. It helps you kind of bypass certain obstacles and all that good stuff. So, at this point in the game, you know what what would you say the biggest lesson you've learned from your guests uh, have been so far? Hmm, that is a really good question. I guess it's that it just the situation just doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter what. Like last week, I had a guy, um, Dan Henry. He was a pizza boy, and he's twenty nine years old. Made a hundred thousand dollars last month online. Um, no college education, uh, and he doesn't he doesn't wear a suit. He doesn't do any of that corporate stuff. His slogan on his website is "I'm the guy that builds companies in my Batman underwear." So <laughs> it just goes to show the biggest thing that I've learned is that everything that you think matters in business usually doesn't. So when it, people get so obsessed with, uh, okay, so for example, someone will be asking me about podcasting. They'll be like, well, what kind of mic do you use? What kind of computer do you have? All those little technical things that don't matter. So you could just just be yourself and do things how you want to do it. And everything else, everybody has found a niche doing – like the point is to find your own niche. So you don't have to feel like you have to wear a suit to be successful or use the $500 microphone or none of that stuff. Nothing – None of that little those little things matter. It's just about the big picture and what you can provide for the world. Yeah, I think you're so right. And um, just taking the leap and doing it, like you said, I think you you got the idea of your podcast on a Wednesday, and then by Saturday you already had a logo, you already had a website in production. I mean, you put the work behind it. And so, um, I guess my next question for you would be. Did you come up to, against any obstacles in trying to put this podcast out? Um, did you wrestle with any 
sort of content ideas? Was Rags to Niches the first sort of podcast idea that you had? Or were there others that you were kind of seeing which one would work best? How, what was that process like? Well, I came up with the the name while going back and forth with a friend and we just uh, came up with it. I just, he's, he's, I, I pretty much text my most creative friend and I said, Hey, I'm looking to start a podcast. Uh, this is what it's about. These are my ideas so far. We went back and forth, edited uh, the names and then came up with the rags to niches podcast. Um, as far as uh, starting a podcast, I bought every single book out there on how to start a podcast and every book, every audiobook, everything. And I took, Everything that they said, I found the things that were recurring that they all agreed on, and I did those things. Now, there's a lot of things that people that contradict contradicted each other within those episodes, within those uh, books. For example, some people say don't have a three-hour podcast. Some people say you should keep your podcast to 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Some people say release on your release day with two hours worth of content. Some people say it doesn't matter. Some people say release with eight episodes. Some people say release with three. But this, there was certain things that were uh, recurring throughout all the books. So I just immersed myself in the podcast culture. Um, I joined all the groups on Facebook that I could find. Um, so anything, I was basically a podcaster before I was a podcaster. Mm. So it just happened so naturally. As far as obstacles, um, it was a little hard to learn things, how to do things that I had never done, like um, editing at first. And thing like at first I, I I hated when people said um on my show. Yep. So I would spend like five hours cutting out every single um um um, and then I it hit me and I was it just went back to my own philosophy of like it doesn't matter, <laughs> <laughs> and it's more authentic when people say um a million times and I say I mean I say um all the time and I'm not I'm getting better at it I'm not embarrassed or ashamed of it like I was before, um <laughs> there there I go again, but. Uh, I just, I just immersed myself in the whole podcasting culture. Aside from that, getting things done like my intro, I had never, I had no idea where to start with that. I just asked people, I researched online, and anything in any business, I believe I could figure it out, just like anything else. Yep, and I think it's funny that you brought up the ums because I think one of the things podcasting does, uh, not just for you paying attention and being aware of what your listeners are doing, it helps you become aware of what you do. That was one of the first things that hit me when I started my podcast. I recorded a couple episodes, and after I listened to them, I was like, man, I say um a lot. Sometimes I'm not as succinct as I think I am in my head when I'm saying this stuff. I think it's a really a funny process. But you know, let's say there's a podcaster or a, a, someone who's aspiring to become a podcaster listening to this right now. What were some of those overlaps? You talked about those books having some overlap uh, without you know, giving all the information away. I know you are looking to launch a course that kind of describes probably what you've learned in terms of the overlap and what you've seen yourself. But what are some of the really key overlaps that someone could get started on really right now in terms of starting a podcast? So uh, audio quality is definitely important. Uh, consistency in your episodes. And a big thing that I wish I would have did at first was segment your show. The way I think of it, nobody likes a run-on sentence. So you don't want to have like just doing a straight like Q&A the whole time or anything like that. You want to have a bit of you in there as well. So I, I divided my show up into to, – to remedy this, I divided my show up into three segments. So the first segment is, of course uh, – well, I guess you can count it as four if you count the intro. The intro, 
Then I do the the rags to niches story. Then I do Q and A, and then I do stupid story time, where the the person on the show talks about the the stupidest thing they've ever done in business, and then a funny story about their childhood that was really stupid. So, for example, uh, I forgot who it was. Someone said something about um, they they didn't know that that you you couldn't make chicken medium rare or something like that. <laughs> so they got really sick. So just just dumb little things like that, just to make that person more relatable to the audience and show them like, hey, this person made uh, 50 grand last month, but they are human and they do yeah, yeah. stupid things too. Yeah, I, I really so like I segment that. I- <laughs> the show. And then uh, one more thing is put more, don't rely so much on your guests. You want to put a lot of yourself in the podcast as well. And I know sometimes I get guests that just do all the talking similarly to how I'm doing here. But that and I, I it's just literally them talking for 20, 20 minutes or the whole podcast in those episodes. And I, I focus more myself in the intro and in mo in the ideally, I just want it maybe 70 percent guest, 30 percent me, me giving my make sure you give your inputs and put yourself out there as well, because your listeners want to hear about you. The worst thing is when you listen to a podcast and you're like, that was a really great show, but I don't know anything about the, the host. Yeah. Because that's not gonna that's not gonna stick in the person's mind. They're not gonna want to go back. They're they're probably just gonna search for more podcasts that feature that person than go back to your show and listen to you more. I, man, that, I think that's a fantastic point. And that's something that I've kind of began to learn and something that I've been trying to incorporate more of in my shows as well. And like, you know, you've mentioned the the John Lee Dumas and the uh, you know, the guys um, like Joe Rogan and, you know, Tim Ferriss and all these guys that are doing it. You and I as listeners, you know, I listen to all those shows, not so much the John Lee Dumas show, but Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss I listen to religiously. You and I as listeners of those shows could tell you what those guys are interested in, some of the stuff they're working on right now, because they are sharing that stuff with, within their shows. And so we become kind of equipped and we understand what they're interested in and we kind of become in tune to that through hearing it through their shows like you're talking about as opposed to them just having guests on and those guests just sharing, 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 sharing. There's definitely benefits to the guest sharing a lot. That's why you have them on the show, but I totally agree with you. I have uh, one story to share about that too, that this was probably what really drove this point home for me. Uh, If any of you have listened to Smart Passive Income with Pat Flynn, in one of his episodes, he talks about how he met one of his listeners. She recognized him somewhere. And he always asks his listeners, what so what do you remember most about the show so he asked this lady this and she said i remember that you were a really big baby <laughs> and he's like what and she was referring to the fact that he in one of his episodes he mentions that he was born like an 11 pound baby and he set the record at his hospital for uh, the largest baby delivery in i think connecticut or wherever he's from and he said it was really amazing that out of all the tips and all the guests on the show that the one thing she remembers most was a personal fact about me. So that just goes to show how powerful it is when you, A, humanize yourself and relate to your audience, and B, just put yourself out there and share personal stories and things about yourself. Yeah, that, man, what a great story. I did not hear uh, that episode from him, but he has a great podcast as well. I think that really does drive that home. And I think this sort of platform can apply to blogs. It can apply to really any sort of content creation, making sure that there's a nice mix. I think this stuff applies to a lot of different things. I know we have a lot of bloggers that listen to this show as well. All this stuff applies. And so 
Before we get into the rapid fire portion of our show, just want to ask you, what's the next, what's the one big thing? What's that next thing that you're working on right now, JR? And I know that we mentioned this kind of uh, a little bit throughout the show that you're working on this online course. Obviously, your podcast, the Rags to Niches podcast, it's still only um, as of today. You said, did you say April 3rd is when you launched? Yeah, so no, April so, 4th. So April tomorrow. 4th. So tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow will be a month. (laughs) Tomorrow's one month. I mean, we're talking like, you know, you've been at this forever and I'm sure it feels like it. And I'm sure, I mean, this stuff goes by so quickly. I'll tell you, we're already on, by the time this show releases, we'll be on uh, about show episode 100, which is crazy to think about, but you're a month into the podcast. I have to plug your show real quick because I really enjoy it. I think it was episode 76 so much that I had to give you a shout out on Facebook. So everybody check out episode 76. I appreciate. I won't that, even man. say. I won't even say what it's about. You guys just have to I, go see. I appreciate that episode seventy six. And see, that's how you know if uh, a true listener from a listener, you could show or share the episode number. Not even. Yeah, I don't about even it. have this written in front of me or anything. I just remember. I was like, wow, that was a really good episode. Because if I ever want to reference it back, I have. I have to know what episode number yep. it was. Yep. Awesome. Hey, well, I appreciate that plug. But so obviously the podcast, but. Just speak to what's up next. What are you most excited about? What are you spending a lot of your time on in terms of uh, your podcast or your online course? Right now, I'm really obsessed with, and I'm I'm like a zero or a hundred guy. Like I either do everything all out or I don't do it at all. But it, it's it's kind of a problem in my life because if I'm focused on one thing, I neglect everything else. Like even I don't even think I've eat. I, all I've eaten today was this yogurt, and. <laughs> I neglect fitness, I neglect family, I neglect everything and just hyper focus on one thing, which I ha- eventually I have to learn how to have some sort of balance in my life. But as of right now, I love it because it's just it's just fun to be obsessed with something and so passionate about it. So my latest obsession is digital marketing. I've bought every book out there on digital marketing. Um, I, I'm trying to learn how to get better with SEO, running Facebook ads, things like that. I've, I just bought like... I bought like 10 books. Like my Amazon bill for books is crazy. <laughs> I bought like dot-com secrets, uh, every Seth Godin book, which he has yep. like 17 of them. Um, I just bought well, – it's called Launch. I, call, I bought dot-com millionaires. I bought uh, Click Click Millionaires, sorry. So I'm just super – and it. I feel like there's just not enough time in a day sometimes. Like I read, I'll read like a book. I'll listen to another audio book. I'll work on my podcast. And before I know it, it's like 2 a.m. Yep. And I'm like, crap. <laughs> ah, it's just, but it's just really, really fun. And I'm, I'm just really passionate about it. And the great thing about um, my life right now is that tax season just ended. I don't have a nine to five. I don't really have anything else to do. So I can focus like that on my lifestyle is really accustomed to to these kind of choices that I make to hyper focus on on one different on one thing at a time. Yeah, and, and you created that for yourself and I think that's something that a lot of us are striving to do. And and so you're definitely an inspiration to us to try and make that happen because and I think you're you're another great example of you don't have to do, you know, this passion thing full blown. You don't have to quit your job to to take on these passions that you have right away. You can still keep these jobs that you that you have in order to support what you're doing. You can still have these other things going on while you still put a lot of focus and drive into what you're up to. But I think that's a great lesson to be learned as well. You don't need to quit your jobs in order to make something happen. You just got to get started. And I, I'm, man, I, I'm such like you. I'm a zero to 100 guy. It's like, 
I'm, I'm either doing it all or none. And I, that obviously shows with you and creating your podcast in like four days and it's only been a month and you know, here you are on this show, you've been doing marketing. I mean, you're doing some great things. So that's awesome. Now let's get into the rapid fire portion of the show. So I'm going to ask you some short form questions and then you can answer them as short or as long as you'd like. So the first one is uh, when you hear the word success or when you think of the word success, who's the first person that comes to mind? Hmm. I mean, I, I, I really love like the super uber successful guys like Warren Buffett, but I do um, this guy named uh, Josh Smith who was on my podcast. He he lives a very balanced life, I would say. And to me, success is about balance. And I, I've always I mean, you can learn a lot from super rich people, but I know a lot of super rich people who are overweight. Um, they smoke cigarettes not that the, well, there is something wrong with that. They smoke <laughs> cigarettes. They they eat unhealthy. They they have horrible relationships within their family. And I'm like, uh, there's pillars of success, and they just have financial success. So I look for people who have balanced lives because I'm not so good at it. So I need to learn from them. So I'd say uh, Joshua Smith. He has a podcast, uh, GSD Mode. It's called, which GSD is mode. stands for Get Sh- Done. Perfect. Awesome. I'll be linking to that in the show notes. And I, man, I love that answer. Balance is so critical. And I'm, I'm just like you. I've seen so many successful people uh, or quote unquote successful people who just have monetary success. Every other facet of their life, though, is just so in shambles. It's crazy to even think about on the outside. They look like they've got it all. And then when you peek a little bit further behind the curtains, you realize that it's not all that great. So my next question for you, we've kind of dived into this a little bit, but uh, if you could recommend one book or if there's a book that you've gifted the most, what would be that book? Oh, that's easy. Uh, Think and Grow Rich. I give it to it. Like uh, when it comes to that book, I'm like the annoying person that <laughs> uh, just it's like, oh, like you already know what I'm going to get you. Uh, I never I've never been into gifting like stupid things that people might use once or will rarely use. If I'm going to give you a gift. Uh, it's going to be something that you could benefit from that you would come back to me in, in three years and say, hey, I really appreciated you giving this, giving me this book. It's changed my life. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm in total agreement with you. That book was one of the first books my dad gave me, and uh, it's kind of set the tone. I have it sitting right here in front of me, uh, and I definitely – I was referring to it just yesterday uh, in regards to the mastermind principle. I mean there's so many things you can learn from that book. Uh, I think that's an incredible share. And then – Outside of your podcast, are there any other online resources or podcasts that you would recommend to somebody? Oh uh, well, it depends on their on their interests. If we're talking in business, I do look to uh, Smart Passive Income a lot. Uh, sometimes when I have questions about something, I'll type it into his search bar on his website and find an episode about it, which is awesome. Um, other than that, I've, I've been kind of a podcast junkie lately. So I've listened to all the new ones that are pretty much out there on, on the new and noteworthy. Um, can't think of any of the names right now. I just listen. <laughs> the Tim Ferriss podcast, he is so awesome. It's like I emulate that podcast. The one with uh, Jamie Foxx, one oh podcast of the year. It's some, everybody needs to go check that out. Uh, the you one with Rick, Rick to. Rubin, uh, Tony yep. Robbins, all those are awesome. And, uh, yeah, that, that's about it. I try to just focus on the podcast. Like I like the Joe Rogan one, but I usually only listen to that one on, on road trips. Yep. Um, most of the time, which I do a lot, especially now that I'm sitting here in South Georgia, everything is like a road trip just to go to Walmart or whatever. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. But all great shares, man. That that Tim Ferriss episode with Jamie Foxx, you listeners have to check that out. It's funny you mentioned that because after I heard that, uh, he had just released it, and I saw I was like, wow, Jamie Foxx, that's kind of a different character to be on the Tim Ferriss show. Listen to that in one sitting, and I instantly like got out my phone, texted about five people, and Facebook like you have to listen to this episode. Not only does he sing, not only does he share great stories. I mean, he's a he's a fantastic storyteller. I just had no idea how talented he was, and his story really is an incredible story. You guys have to check that out. Uh, and so my yeah, last he talks question, about um, yeah. even like like the racism that he went through. Yeah. Um, how Ed Sheeran like slept on his studio floor yeah. while he was launching a career. I couldn't believe a bunch that. of just great, and he's so talented, and he's just a really good guy to to kind of model in in business and in life. Yeah, he he shares some some principles that he shares with his kids, with his daughters. Absolutely awesome. You're right. I mean, just everything he has to share, I think, easily could be modeled by people and would make the world a better place. Uh, definitely an incredible guy. And so my last question for you, JR, um, if you had to get rid of every single part of your daily routine, but you could only keep one aspect of your daily routine, what would that one part be and why? My audio book time, definitely. Um, because that's just the most like valuable time of the day. And I, I just get so into them. And I, I use them. Everybody out there should have an Evernote account. It's free. Yep. Um, and I, I just type the book name and then I write all the notes in there. So I have like a bunch of notes from different books and stuff that are just like the, the major. Because, you know, when you're listening to business books, they'll always give you like lists of things to do. Um, like step one is this. Step two is this. or Take this action. And a lot of that stuff just gets lost if you're just listening. So I made it a point to make notes of this stuff so I could uh, reference back to it. And when they do ask you to ask yourself questions – uh, actually do it and you'll you'll benefit from that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's funny. And I'm, I'm thinking specifically of Tony Robbins. He has a lot of that in his audios and his books. Like, okay, stop, envision this or write this down or think about this. And it's so easy, even when you're reading it, but especially when you're listening, to not hit the pause button, to not stop, just to go right on through. I know a lot of people who just Unless go, you're going 70 on the highway. Yes, then I yes. I really <laughs> urge you to actually P- please, stop. Please, please, <laughs> yes. <don't. laughs> yeah, he, and he even says that. I can't remember what audio it was of his, but he even says, if you're driving right now, I don't care. Don't do it while you're driving, but pull over, stop your vehicle, and then do this exercise uh, so yes, please, if you're listening to this or you're listening to any audiobook, do not do it while you're driving, uh, same way that you wouldn't meditate and close your eyes while you're driving as well. But yes, don't just go right through the content, write it down. Evernote is a great plug. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. I use Evernote all the time when I'm creating content for our mastermind group meetings or when I'm creating content for podcasts. I use Evernote like a junkie because it works so well with your different platforms like your computer to your phone to your tablet, all that good stuff. Wow, JR, um, it's been an awesome time. Where can people find out more about you and what you're up to? What are your links? Uh, Rags to niches podcast.com. There's a contact me form on there. I love to hear from people, so don't ever think that an email is too small or too stupid to send me, even if you just want to tell me something. Or or sometimes like I, I'll uh, s- spit a fact that's incorrect or something. I mean, we all do it every now and then, or just it'll be like slightly off. Um, go ahead, tell me about it. I mean, I, li- I love to know when I'm wrong, and I love, I love criticism, 
constructive criticism. I love to know when I'm wrong, and I'm never ashamed of being wrong, and I will always admit it. So uh, email me, jr at ragstoniches.podcast.com, and then I'm on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all those different mediums. And a big thing right now for me is Snapchat. Um, everybody follow me on Snapchat, J Rivas, R-I-V, as in vulture, A-S-0524. Um, and I think I, on Snapchat, you have like two names. My other one is Rags2Niches, just T-O, niches. Um, and I, I drop a lot of like different value bombs on there throughout the day. Um, and I talk about some pretty controversial things sometimes too. Um, like the other day I was talking about why I don't vote and, um, I give book recommendations. I just, everything I work, uh, Snapchat is like my focus right now because of how fast it's growing and how much you can connect with people. So that's the, the, uh, big medium for me. Fantastic. All right, listeners, you heard it. Straight from JR. Go find them, send them an email, let them know that you enjoyed this episode, add them on Snapchat. And JR, I lied. I have one more question for you before we go. I always have uh, my guests share one of their favorite quotes with the listeners. So, what is one of your favorite quotes? My favorite quote of all time is uh, from Steve Jobs, and it goes, um, Knowing that you're going to die is the best way to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. Hmm. And then I'll, I'll give you guys an even second, uh, another quote that I love too. And um, I actually just saw this. I don't even know who says it, but it was on Facebook or something. And it says that um, sleeping on a futon when you're 30 years old is not the worst thing that can happen to you. The worst thing <laughs> that can happen to you is is – sleeping in a king size bed with a wife that you hate and don't know why you married and you have to get up in the morning to go to a job that you hate uh to feed this family so i paraphrased but go something yep. like that yep i i love it what a great way to end the show jr man thank you so much for coming on i know i've learned a ton from this conversation and i can guarantee the listeners have as well thank you so much no problem Awesome. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time. If you guys enjoyed that episode, please let us know. Find us at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We're going to be at Yield Mastermind on all those platforms. Check out our website, yieldmastermind.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those platforms. Please reach out to us. Let us know if you like the show. Let us know if you're loving the content. Please write us a review on iTunes if you feel the desire to. We really appreciate hearing from our audience and really understanding if you guys are loving what you're hearing or if you guys would like to hear something totally different. We're always open to that stuff. Thanks for listening. We hope you are enjoying this show as much as we are, and we can't wait for you guys to tune in next time.